Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome to episode 70 of the Level Up Latina podcast. ¿Cómo están, chavas? Good, blessed. Today, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome and also known as guilt, I would say. We've touched upon but on the imposter syndrome in past episodes, but I don't think we ever dedicated a, a full episode on this subject. And to be honest, I didn't even know there was a term for it until I want to say within the last five years that this was actually, you know, a term that's used. And I actually went ahead and checked good old Wikipedia to see what the imposter syndrome is defined as on their website. And it says, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, or accomplishments, and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. So, como ven esa definición? Psychological stuff is just creepy to me, but I love it. Yes. I, I mean, I was reading it and I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I myself have felt different situations where I was like, oh, I don't feel, I don't feel ready for that. For example, with this podcast, when we first started, I, I didn't know how to talk. I didn't know what I was going to be talking about or just uh, releasing our first couple of episodes. I was like n nervous and hesitant and I needed to really prep. Like, I, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I would always say like, hey, what's the topic? I really want to know what the topic is because I want to practice it and I want to make sure that I sound okay. And even going, you know, and I used to do this at the beginning, like record myself and talk about what the topics or the things that I wanted to say so that I could be comfortable in saying them. And even when we were already recording, I was, it was like with water next to me and just, so I think it comes in all shapes and forms, this syndrome that we feel sometimes and in dif different aspects of life for sure. Um, is imposter syndrome something that we experience here mostly in the United States or is it something that's, it's a phenomenon that we have more of, we, ha we have a need to like label everything? Um, because I think in general, when you when you start something new, when you are you start a new job, you start a new podcast, or you start a new venture, when you you typically since it's new, you're you don't have all the answers for it. It doesn't necessarily make you a fraud. It's just something new. But then, what exactly triggers the fact that hey, what I'm doing, what I'm saying is you start doubting yourself. You start creating these questions about, am I really the person to be doing it right? So I wonder if it's something that is just something that happens here. Do you think it's just something that in, in the U.S. we tend to just label everything and everything has to have a name, like the, the specific feeling that all of that, or am I just overthinking this? No, no, I think you're, you're right on the money. I think it's, it comes again, you know, we uh, being first generation and being the first people or the first Latinas and, and in positions that we have, you know, Irene, CEO, your positions of management, me being the first Latina lawyer at my firm, at my former firm, I think it's it comes from that, just being first and thinking like, am I fit for this job? Am I fit to be doing this, to be talking to people about legal matters and just being afraid of like, you know, what if I screw up? What if, if I'm saying the wrong thing to me? That That's how I see it. I agree. I think for me, it's funny that we have the words for it because when I first started to grow in my career, I'm sure I can think back and really sit down and have a lot of moments where I felt this, but we didn't know it all. Like we didn't have words for it. You're like, it's so American. We came up with another label. But as I'm watching my peers 
and I'm on social and I'm watching women of color really try to enter new spaces and they talk about this, like it's super resonating with me because it's like, oh my God, I didn't know I was going through it, but that's exactly what I was going through. And so someone gave those fears words. Ceci, you said it right. It's being the first. We don't have CEOs and lawyers to look up to. So being the first is going to come with these levels of insecurity where it's like, really? Like I'm handed the responsibility here. Like this is what I've been working for, but I don't know if I'm right for it. You know, when I first became executive director, I'll never forget walking into the office and feeling like someone handed me the keys. Mm -hmm. There's a problem. There's an issue, staff, life, anything, this building, something's on fire. Someone said, well, now that's you, you make every decision. Maybe it's a good one. Maybe it's a wrong one. So you feel so, I think, insecure about that burden, but it's something you want. It's something you've worked for most times. Now in other cultures, it's handed to you. So maybe there's a different kind of imposter syndrome if you had it too easy, but we're the first. We've usually had to grind for it. And I think it's really normal to have like insecurities. So when I was thinking about this episode, I thought of examples of me as an executive director when I first had to be in big networking activities. I'm a great networker. I'm a great talker. But with that title of executive director, I felt this pressure. Do I perform different? Do I talk different? Do I now have to be asking for money in every interaction? Like the burden of something new and the first and you not looking like everyone. Maybe you're younger. Maybe you have a twang. Maybe you have an accent. It's just going to add to these feelings. And it's in our heads. I do think it's totally in our heads. We're there for a reason. You know, we've worked for it again, but it is there. I think it's very real, Vettel. And I think once it had words, then I started to see it in my peers and I started to see it in my own journey. And I think it's something we have to work against every day. I think it's a very real psychological mind game we play with ourselves. So how long do you th would you say that you felt this like insecurity, like you, Irene, for example, as a CEO, like you started working, um, you, got, you got the, I remember you like getting the title of executive director and just like um, being so excited for you and just like, wow, like she did it. She, she's, you know, she started with this company and now she's there. Like she, she you, I remember you saying like my five-year plan, like, I'm going to have that position. And so how, how long would you say it took for you to stop feeling that insecurity perhaps and just thinking like, oh, am I saying this correctly or am I speaking the way I should be speaking? How long did it take? Good question. So, you know, I think it took me maybe a good 18 months. And I think what I had to do at the time when I was feeling insecure and I was feeling like a fraud is you have to keep showing up. And I think what helped me is I started reading books like crazy. I wanted to guzzle up knowledge. I wanted to get around people that were in the role. So I hella read. I read so much. I made my team read. And I know at first they were like, she's crazy. Why are we having like a office book club? But I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn. They're going to learn. They're going to grow. We are going to get uncomfortable together. <laughs> like, I'm uncomfortable. We're all going to be uncomfortable. So I started to do this sort of internal work on my own mindset and in learning and being around other CEOs and in wanting to read more books and in wanting to be in peer groups, it made me like, understand who I was and what my gifts were. Was it easy? Hell no. Like I was going to make a lot of mistakes my first year and a half as executive director for sure. But I also was like one step closer to feeling comfortable and comfortable and comfortable. So definitely the first 18 months, I'd say, but I also did some of my best work when I was most uncomfortable, when I was growing, when I was stretching, you do your most work, learning what works for you, how to do things you've never had to do before, like hold people accountable as the boss, manage all facets of the business as the boss, something that I could easily defer to my boss, you know, understanding that 
no boss has it easy. There's different areas of the work where, gosh, it's complicated and it may look easy, but it's complicated and they're just doing the work. So I had to go through all of that. Speaking of psychology, going through the experience. So ladies and gentlemen, you might want to whip yourself out of it in a couple of months. I say privately, quietly, be with your thoughts. Don't run away. Keep showing up because it's when you're uncomfortable in those 18 months that you can talk yourself out of a great job. You can talk yourself out of a great journey, but you are feeling doubt and you are feeling like a fraud. And I started with a room full of men on my board and all Caucasian and one Caucasian lady who was retired and wealthy. And I'm like, they're listening to me. Of course, you're thinking all of this doubt. And after a while, it's like, yes, they're listening to me. They respect that. I know what I'm talking about and I'm doing it, but it took a lot of failing forward to kind of get there. So I see at least the first 18 months. I love that you created, you know, some sort of like team, like a team and you created this book club. Like that's, that's so cool because you guys were all experiencing and you were getting comfortable with your team. I love that staff that at the time was in the book club, I had just hired her. And now she's five years into the career. And she's kind of elevated. And she always has a great story about how she was pissed that I assigned a book and she was doing it kicking and screaming. And she's like, I don't read unless I want to. I don't even like reading I like reading for fun. I don't even read these kind of books. And she got so into reading like after a while, it's like, yes, Irene gave us books. And I didn't know this until four and a half years later. That she was like, you changed my mind about growth and mindset and reading and business and account. And it's because indirectly, it's like, we're all going to learn this together. And now here she is, leaps and bounds, different person because of reading. What I was going to say is actually um, talk on the point that you said, 18 months. So on average, it takes you a year to a year and a half to learn and understand your role. So when you start a new job, when you get uh, promoted to a new position, in general, it takes you that long. So as Irene mentioned, don't quit, don't give up on yourself. But what's important here is for you to really ask the questions, dig in, find out. In this case, you know, Irene got promoted to the executive director position. In cases like myself, I got promoted to the branch manager position. And now, you know, you are handed the keys. I remember walking through the door, like, like Irene mentioned, she walked into the door and she's like, I am now the boss. That feeling is crazy. I remember cringing at the idea of thinking like, there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting on my lot. This is when I worked at the rental car place. I have, and that's just the place I'm walking into. I was like, what if these cars go missing one day? What if something happens and someone <laughs> drives through my lot and crashes yeah. all my cars? Yeah. What if the building blows oh up? You know? But overall, like there's gonna be places that will train you. They're gonna they're gonna take the time to train and develop you. How awesome would it have been, Irene, if the person that was in that position prior to you would have taken the time? to build and develop their team. And I think we've talked about this before, and I made sure to mention this, that it's so important to have those kind of people in the workplace that take their time to train and develop their team, to create that ownership, that sense of like, this is our business. This is our organization. This is who we are. And a lot of times we don't have that. So don't freak out when you're that new person. Give yourself the time, ask the questions. Don't be expected to know everything because there's a job description and there's a part that's not in the job description that comes in, right? Amen. And that's where and that's where you have to be like, okay, I'm ready. And if you don't understand, if you don't have someone else immediately in the office to help you, then you reach out to other people. Hey, I know you've worked in this kind of, you know, in, in this environment before. You've held a position similar to this. Can you help me? Can you guide me? And there's the part of asking for help. So it's don't lose your patience. Ask for the help. It doesn't mean you're dumb. And it, it, it just means that you're, it's a new experience. It's something new, but you don't have to quit. Give yourself the time to fully understand it and come into what that role is and then be like, okay, I'm Gucci, you know? 
I'm Gucci. I'm Gucci. Gucci. And you're kind of always learning too, because it's funny. We had recently we had uh, a a women team. It's our first time having on the podcast two people that are running a business, and we're three people. So I took the opportunity to quickly ask them an internal question about their business, because we're always learning. And even Vettel said, like anybody can look up a chart. It's like, yeah, but I'm asking these two women. They're thinking on their chart. Because I have a chart at my office and my business looks different and their business kind of looks a little more like my business. And like, what makes you think that way? And I really think that helps imposter syndrome because you're constantly learning, looking at a different lens and being like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Or this is why you see it that way. Or let me look into that more. So I think that what Vero is saying is asking for help and humility. Because even sometimes when you're at the top of a mountain peak, you think that you don't ask for help? Of course you do. Of course you still have questions. You're never really at the top of the mountain peak. So there's always a humility space to come from to ask these questions without feeling like a fraud and feeling like, oh, this is a dumb question. Maybe I'm supposed to know this. Like, no, it's okay if you don't know this and frame it as in, you know, I'm very curious about X, Y, Z. So Veto's absolutely right. Like, don't give up too early. Ask for help without feeling like you should have the answers because no one has the answers no matter who they are and where they are. We're learning. All of us are learning them. I remember telling my team like, hey, if you guys have, if you have any doubts there's nothing that you do or fuck up that i can't fix now there's certain things like you know that that you have to work a little harder to make right but there's nothing i can't fix right and then i would always say ask me questions but by the third time and it's the same question and you don't know the answer i'm sorry buddy you're on your own because you should have already done the work you should have written it down you should have you know meditated on it you should have done everything you can to learn by the time you try if you have the audacity to walk up to me the fourth time Dude, we have a problem. You either I'm either I have an issue communicating, telling you how how it is, or you just don't understand. So I would say no se preocupen. I mean, I'm, I'm not a terrifying bitch boss, which is okay. I'm okay with that too. But I I was I mean, you guys know how I am. I'm very like laid back. But I'm like, hey, this is como se hace, and working through the process. I'm like by the third time, by the fourth time, you're asking me like fourth time, something's up, and we this is going to be a whole different conversation but don't be afraid to ask i think what you both said about like it takes a while to to get in the flow of things and learn things i mean even even i was just thinking back when we i was jotting notes down for for this topic was even having worked at my firm for i think it was 5 plus years or so as a legal assistant but then becoming just getting this title like attorney right like my, i remember like walking in to the office and seeing my name already in my office uh with like i think it said esquire at the end anyway i was so excited but at the same time like whoa que nervios you know just seeing there whoa Uy, ¿quién es esa chingona? ¿Quién es esa? so just having to own it and learning to it and then um i think i i've mentioned this in the in the past episode too like delegating things like i was so used to like doing everything myself for my position as a legal assistant but now i had a legal assistant that can help me do the task and i was like so afraid to do that and it was like until bob my boss was like sess like you can go ahead and delegate things you know it's okay you're remember you're you're part of the what I, what did he, I forgot what he called it now but he's like you're not part of the protected legal assistant class anymore you're an, an attorney in this office so it took a while to understand that also when talking to clients i mean i had done it as a legal assistant like hundreds of times take uh, doing the take-ins and just talking to them on the phone but just knowing as a lawyer and just you know all this training on ethics and whatnot and the bar just thinking like oh my god what if i say something wrong what if like they report me to the bar uh to the state bar and i get this bar like just that feeling and just feeling nervous about it like or what if i don't return their calls right away because like 
they, I mean, clients call all day, every day, and you have to figure out how to prioritize and like figure out like, okay, I haven't called this client, I better call. So just learning that was definitely challenging. But I'd say también co como año, año y medio that to get it in the field and like, you know, own it. Like, yes, this is my title. No, I'm not the interpreter. I, that's, I think I've mentioned that before Chingara too. Chingara to madre. <laughs> But, you know, it took a while and then just th like knowing or thinking like, what did I even even now, like thinking like, did I do my job correctly while I was there? And and recently in conversations that I've had with um, with Hillary, my, you guys know, Hillary, my friend and former colleague at the at my former firm, she'll say like, hey, so and so asked for you like this defense attorney. And he says he, he wants to hire you. And like and I, and I always have to say like, nope, I'll, I'll never do defense. I don't want to do that. And I think it's happened like even during um, COVID, like, um, you know, she'll say like, oh, so-and-so emailed me. They ask if you're looking and I'm like, no, I'm not. So it's just like, it feels nice to, to know that I did something right and that they saw my work ethic. And like, even now, like a year, almost two years into my legal break, knowing and that people want to hire me and, and, you know, it just, it feels good. Tip of the day actually was going to be around that exact thing that you just said, that Here's the thing. Everybody has ideas. Everybody can put in effort and effort and ideas go only so far. It's like that work ethic. That's everything. So I think if you're feeling like an imposter, what can you control? You can't control how other people see you because part of my notes is like there's a lot of microaggressions out there and I didn't understand those really even coming up and I'm glad because maybe I was really ignorant coming up in a lot of things but people they're going to judge your energy they're going to judge you talk with your hands they're going to actually be talking about how you do things to you that will break your spirit, right? But you can't control how people judge your energy, judge your schedule, judge your way of being, judge your accent. I always like to say that because you're not, you can't control your accent. You can't control your height. You can't control, I mean, maybe you can control how you dress, but your weight, like there are some things you cannot control, but what can you control? How hard you work and the results you get the results you get. So your reputation, Ceci, was based on your results. So if you're feeling like a fraud, power through out there, women listening and get results. Do something well and consistently enough where no matter what anybody can say about you, including yourself, because you think that you're you're a fraud, right? Because imposter syndrome is you thinking like they're going to discover I'm a fraud. Honey, get some results and you won't feel like one. You won't feel like one. Winning wins every time. Winning wins every time. So if you have a bad employee that's making you feel bad, a spouse that's making you feel bad, because sometimes spouses will hold you back because you're growing, right? Your family's making you feel bad. They add to that imposter feeling because they're seeing your, your star and it's shining and you're growing and you're changing because in order to combat something like imposter syndrome, you are actually evolving. But someone may judge that evolution with microaggressions or direct aggression and you can just focus on you. Focus on you and get results and get results and get results because it's the only thing that ultimately proves to you I'm not a fraud. I'm not a fraud. I can do the work and I can do it well and I can leave with an amazing reputation because I've gotten results, not because somebody likes me or because I'm the nice boss or because my husband's smart, whatever those things are that people can hide behind and stay the fraud. You yourself, your own resume, your own work, your own year after year grinding, like you know how to do the work. You're not a fraud. So get results. That's my tip of the day. I think with with um along the lines of that, and what I want to kind of touch back is on Irene was mentioning um earlier, she said something about, 
you know, um, becoming this this person and learning and learning and become, you know, she was sitting in this board of of mostly white white men and one white woman that were like prestigious people. They've they're accomplished people, you know, and her feeling like, damn, they're listening to me. I must be, you know, there's a reason why they're listening to me. There's a reason why they chose. They looked to you, Irene, to become the executive director. Ceci, there's a reason why Bob was like, no, Ceci, agarra la onda, you know, like you're this is who you are this is what you work toward there's he saw they see the stuff that you have they see those qualities they see that potential and once you once you're there you need to realize okay so why am i here you need to sit back and be like why am i here someone not me i didn't promote myself i didn't give myself this title so how do i like why am i here and then you're like okay my hard work my this my that and then you have to, that standard that's in your head of like, you just raise the bar of your own standard. Like I, I went from like, ah, como que soy chingona to I'm really a chingona. And then your family's going to be like, Ay, te crees muy chingona. It's going to be the different kind of version of the chingona you're going to hear, but yeah. you are terrible. It, you know, yeah. and it, it is terrible, but yeah. we have to kind of like sit back and really just analyze it and not be so hard on ourselves for it because we know we've worked our hearts out. Now, the people that I, I want to talk address in this case, too, is the ones that are, are going through the imposter syndrome. They need to have a certain kind of recognition already. If you're not asking the questions, if you're not growing, if you're pretending, you know, this is why sometimes I really don't like that saying the fake it till you make it. I, I get the reason why people say it. And but it, it's it's one thing I, I choose not to use it just because I'm like, that's one of the things that and, and for some people might guide you to feel like I don't belong here because it, it creates that fraudulent feeling. So for me, I'm like, don't fake it till you make it. I always like to use address the part, dress the part where you want to be. If you, you know, if you, if you see that your executive director comes in, you know, feeling good with her nice heels on, she looks, you know, ready to handle a meeting and tackle it down. You're like, you know, pues en vez de ponerte esos pinches tenis sucios, wear your nice shoes, dress up, dress the part, and then take the time to be like, hey, um, executive director, hey, you know, I'm a legal assistant. Hey, lawyer. Hey, attorney. Can you do you have time for coffee today? I would love to even if it's in your office. Can I bring you something so you can give me maybe 15 minutes of your time to talk about how you got to your position? And how can I get there? And now if you have if you're already doing the job like Irina is where she's developing her team. She's already opening the door. She has that open door policy where she's like, you are welcome in my office at any moment to ask me to question to really help me guide you. You know, you're not only there mentoring students, you're mentoring your team and you're developing your team. And that's the, the mentality we need to have where when you walk through a door, yes, leave it open. But when you're in that position, leave the door to your office open, become part of your team, become one, understand them and make yourself available to that growth and development. And if there aren't any training programs available within your company or within your office, create one. If you think, if you know, not think, if you know it's going to be helpful, create it. You test it out you, and it doesn't work out. Hey, you do something different, but do it. Take that time to create these people. And, and not only that ownership, but just the belief in themselves. Imagine how kick-ass they're going to be, you know, like, hey, I thought I was a good IT person, but now this person really believes in me. So it's, it's those things, being available to ask those questions. So that's why I push for the dress the part, not the fake it till you make it, because we don't want to trick ourselves into thinking I deserve it. It's more you've earned it, you've worked it, you've learned it, and there you are now, you know? Totally. I think, yeah, dress the part. And I think what I got from what you were saying is like, be personable, 
be approachable because you don't want to be sitting in an office and be like, ah, esa cabrón, es una cabrona, like, no se le puede hablar, right? No like, way. Yeah, no, no, no. I always, yeah. I think what stuck to me, like, going into this career was, or as or going into the law career was that a lot of women had to be bitches and you had to be a bitch in order to get what you wanted and that, this mentality and I was like I don't I don't I, that's not my personality and I don't want to feel like that I want to be approachable and to me that's what worked like that's how I settled cases like I would go into court appearances it, against like my opposing counsel was like this tall ass white man and like I felt like I didn't feel I didn't feel like powerless. I felt like, okay, I, I, I belong here. I mean, dressing the part, wearing the proper clothing, like they, I could name several times where I saw women not wearing appropriate clothing for court, but that's another conversation for later. But really, you know, just uh, creating this rapport with opposing counsel, even though we were like, we're fighting, right? That's, that's, the reality of it, we're fighting against uh, each other for this particular or for this amount, amount, but at the end of the day, resolving amicably. And I never believed in being aggressive and I don't know, just yelling. I feel like recently I've, uh, I watched or finished watching the RBG documentary that I had been putting off for years, but I finally saw it and it was available. And that was her approach too. And when I was watching that, I remember taking this like silly quiz online i think it was through facebook years ago when i was in law school like who who are you most like from the supreme court justices and i got rbg like <laughs> her personality so so i totally remember that recently i was like okay i was like all right i'm i'm cool with that you know your strengths play to them and you know work, what works for you and i know it's easier said than done and there's this uh, feeling of fraud perhaps sometimes but do what you got to do to feel comfortable. And if it means creating a, a book club with your with your teammates, then go for it. I have a random story to, to mention, actually, about that. The whole playing to your strengths. We've been, we've done such a good job with segues today. It's funny. Like, it's great that we prepare and have our notes, right? Because that was <laughs> like a perfect segue to my story. Like, I had a lighter story about this. But it's absolutely this. It's, you know, knowing your strengths. I love that because that is so you. As you're talking, Ceci, I sit here and I'm like, yeah, like Ceci is so great at being personable and amicable and that's her strength. I'm a more intense person, but that's actually my strength if I use it well. I'm a more direct person, but it's my strength if I use it with tact. I once heard honesty without tact is cruelty. And I'm sure I've been not tactful with you girls. I've been not tactful with my husband. And then it comes off as cruel. So I always have to work on being tactful, but I can't not be direct because then I'm not true to myself. I'm a very direct person, which has worked for me. And I would be a fraud if I wasn't direct. I would be a fraud if I didn't Ooh. ask me questions because that's my personality. Like, that's okay. I've gotten the results I've gotten because I don't shy away from uncomfortable conversations or conflict. I don't have a problem with it. Let's resolve it. Let's talk about it. But if I raise my voice, then that's like yelling, right? And so he's like, that's not going to work. That doesn't work for me. So it's very interesting to understand your personality and then use your personality with tact. And on that note, I had this story about Trevor Noah. So I think he's the host of The Daily Show. You guys, you guys know Trevor Noah. He's a cute yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. South African, yeah. South African cutie. So he said that many years ago, like Dave Chappelle really broke him open because he was feeling, of course, imposter syndrome. He's like, I'm not that funny. I'm not that funny. And this is Dave Chappelle, for God's sakes, who's like a god in the comedy world. Sometimes people would say, right? And he's gotten that Mark Twain award, which is huge for comedy. So Trevor Nora tells Dave Chappelle that he has these fears, that he's just not going to be funny. And how's he going to do it? And Dave Chappelle very seriously is like, you know what, Trevor? You know what? You're not the funniest. 
you're actually not the funniest. But you know what you are? You know what you are, Trevor? You're interesting. You're very interesting. You're an interesting guy. And only you can be that interesting. And it just broke him open because he's like, I'm just going to be my interesting self, which is funny, which works, which got in the show, which gets him paid. He's hanging out with Dave Chappelle. He's himself. He's not trying to be the funniest guy in the room. And really, who is the funniest guy in the room? That's completely up to someone's taste. And even sometimes culturally, you don't get to be the funniest. You're, you don't look the part. I just said earlier, you can't control if you're heavy, if you're thin, if you're tall, if you're blonde. That might close a lot of doors for you if you don't look a certain way, but you got to still be you. You got to still be you and bring that interesting, bring that intensity, bring that quiet. Because I look at you, Ceci, and I'm like, what a beautiful, refreshing lawyer you are. Because you're not going to be aggressive. Because you're not going to be a bitch. Like, you're not going to be successful in that role. But there might be other lawyers that are amazing bitches. And they've got all the money in that divorce attorney Hollywood. Oh, vibe. yeah. That's their, that's their yeah. thing. That's their I mean, thing. You've, you've heard Ceci break down, crack the whip on their daughters. You know she'll crack the whip. And, <laughs> and she doesn't, uh, she doesn't right. get nasty. Like, her daughters are like, oh, okay. I the, I saw the way you looked at Jelly Bean Tamien. You have, you know, you have that look. You know, and I'm look. developing it. I'm still learning the look. But it's like, you know, you, you when you need to, when it's necessary, you crack the whip. And some people might see it as bitchy or as bossy. It's more like, I'm sorry, I get things done. And this is the way I get things done. Now, some of us have to work on our tact and how we, you know, we communicate that. I always praise the fact that people will, you know, if you speak your mind, great. But it's all important. All of that is a process and, and the growing and the learning. When we were talking about, we were going to talk about this topic, I know that I was like, hey, I'm, I don't think I've encountered or felt imposter syndrome. And I think of, we're, we're all different. And I'm like, does that make me a fraud for not having felt this? In reality, I, I thought back of all the moments. And I think I was very nervous going into Santa Barbara, right? Because a lot of people did not look like us. And, you know, we were in, there was, you know, all these beautiful tall widows, but then, you know, the, the, the concept of beauty that was presented to us all the time. But then I slowly started meeting my friends. I started meeting, you know, Ceci, Emily, Irene, Lisette, and how different we all were and the beauty in that. But I remember just feeling like, do I belong here? That was one of the times I was like, do I really belong here? Yeah, 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 I'm right. I, I, I do belong in Santa Barbara. I don't need to be at Cal. We're good, we're good. So that was my first doubt. But throughout that process, I, I think, I don't know if I was naive, but I kind of refused to be told no. <laughs> I was I, I I I was like no that's why I'm saying like I think as I've grown up I've, as I've gotten older I felt that there's this the part of uh, nothing's impossible like I'm invincible has kind of like gotten a little bit smaller just because I become more aware of everything else right and but when I was young there at school I was like nada es imposible we are invincible we're young we could do it and and taking a no for an answer I'm gonna challenge it I'm gonna challenge it. But I think I've also I also did the parts of learning and understanding, you know, how is it that how am I going to tell this professor this? How am I going to work with, you know, the director of this uh, uh, or um, not organization, but the director of this office, like the EOP office or the director of you know student affairs? And how are we going to do this? So it's slowly it kind of did. And then I got lucky. And when I graduated, um, I went into just different jobs. And when I landed the job at the rental car company. I'm gonna be honest, like they did a good job at training and developing me and, and feeling making me feel confident in what I was doing. So it's one thing to hire someone and just to sell, and it's hire someone else because you know that they could be a leader and they can manage people. You can train anyone, you could teach a monkey to sell. You can't teach people how to be a leader, you can't teach people how to be a manager. So thankfully, throughout that, i I was like, I feel confident. Everything I did, the moment I kind of felt iffy was 
when we started Level Up Latina. Here we go. We're going to be coaching women. We're going to be guiding these women. We're going to empower them. But then I took a moment and I was like, fuck, am I really that person to do that? Can I do that? And then immediately I was like, you know what? This is our company. We set the rules. We know our area expertise. We're not going to do something we're not comfortable with. We're at the level of a professionalism where we're like, you know what? I can guide you up to this point from here. I will refer you if I need to, right? So it's all these different things. And I was like, and then, and then that thought of I'm not that person, I'm a fraud, left my mind. But it wasn't, I, did, I, I sat there and thought about it. I was like, am I really the person? Yes, Vero, you have worked your career. You have worked all this time. You have what it takes to guide and work and support and hold people accountable. You have all the qualities and you and this is your company and your partners have your back and you each other have your back. We're not going to do something that we're not comfortable doing. So immediately I was like, no, we're Gucci. We're good. <laughs> you know. So and I think it's the same thing we said earlier, like each of us has different strengths in Level Up Latina. Like I always feel really comfortable in the fact that like I want to stay in the lane that I know that I can add the most value. I'm not going to be in the lane that is not mine, like for sure not, because like legalities are not mine. And Vero understands our taxes to a T and it's like, that's her strength. And she understands finances to a T that I'm like, I don't care how much I think I've grown in that area. Like I am not the financial guru by any means. And so it's beautiful because it's like your strength and what you bring is you. And that's what makes Level Up Latina strong. If everybody can stay in their level of where they have earned their stripes. They have gotten to that place. They know what they know for a reason. Like they've gotten the results. Like we said earlier, they have that natural ability even to just do this well. So why would we not let them do what they know how to do well and not trust them? So I think when it came, because I was also really afraid of the coaching. I'm like, I have to get certified. Like, I got to learn this. Let me get another coach of my own. Like, I'm going to be a one-on-one coach. And I think that's so great for people listening. Like, here we are. We went through those imposter syndrome phases and we had to do what we had to do. Like I said earlier, I had a hella read as ED. I went and did a lot of learning as before I have my first client, you know, because that works for me. So know what works for you. For Vettel, she was like, my mindset's different. Like, I immediately can put it aside and recognize that there is value that I bring. And I check myself to see it right away. And I check myself to know that I do have this and other women can learn from it. And so I think the coaching was really scary. I think maybe not, maybe Ceci, because she was the one that got coached really early on and got certified really on. So maybe you didn't feel those doubts. But I know early on, I was like, the coaching one-on-one feels intimidating at first. And yet when you start to process who you are and what your strengths are and what you've done well, then of course you can impart that to other women and use a strategy in a program like ours. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I did the certification and I had worked with coach myself the year prior, even like the first, I want to say like the first assessment that I did, I was like, Oh my God, let me know. It's like, you know, making, making sure that I have that. And like, I don't want to be reading them because I don't want to sound like a, like a script. Right. But talking to that person, I, I like I knew and I felt it and I felt the connection. I was like, all right, all right, I am the charming speaker that Squadcast named me. <laughs> Did oh, you that's see so that? I didn't you write are. that. I thought you, you put are. that. I you're didn't. incredible. You're yeah, incredible. Squadcast I mean, you're good me, at that. Say. Why would we change it? You were so good at it. Like you're so yeah. confident because we are, you're allowed to be what you're good at. And then you're confident. Now you're taking it on without even question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, just talking amongst ourselves, talking to the clients, I just feel good. And I think it, it came it came from my own experience with my own coach and even talking with my, my own colleagues. I, I 
think I, I mentioned this to you ladies, or even, even on the podcast before, like I would have the door open to my office at the firm. And then my colleagues, other uh, younger associates would come and like just chit chat and like about what they were going through the stress too. And I, I, I mean, I had my own work workload, but I, I made that, I made myself available and I just felt we were like, talking back and forth about what their stress level was, what my stress level was, how like, oh my God, we should go on a run. Like, hey, let's do it. So I had that experience already just from like my own colleagues background and everything, knowing and feeling like, you you know, when you're speaking like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this and I, it feels right. And yeah, I was, I mean, I was scared too. Like when we were starting the business, like, are we doing this correctly? I never doubted like the partners that I had like I to this day like okay I I know you know Irene's gonna get this done Beto's gonna get this done I know I'm gonna get this done and we know we each know our strains and it, I feel like it took maybe it took like a year year and a half for us to find out exactly what our strengths were and how we were gonna navigate and what each of us were gonna like okay this for sure is my responsibility and this for sure is Irene's and this for sure is Beto's and I think we but it took us right about 18 months to figure it out and it's working wonders I think the way it's set up and you like you said, Irene, we're, we're all staying within our within our lanes. And I think, too, like to Veto's point, you don't necessarily have to fake it till you make it. There are things that we're still working through. Like even just recently, like, let's look at this again. Like we went over this June 1st of 2019. We have to go over this again. Who does this fall to? Why? How? Let's see the logic behind it. Who would work together on it? I think that's really important. How we do the work. Accountability is going to always be like, how are we accountable? How are we accountable, especially as a team of three? So we may feel like, is it my lane? Do I say something? Do I remind us? Do I not? And then same vice versa. Like you may feel like, do I send this email? Do I not? Like there's still going to be doubts even within a partnership. So those listening, like understand that nobody's at the end. No one's at the peak. Every business has its unique struggles and work that it's doing, whether it's system, personality, people growing. Growth is hard setting yourself up to grow. In fact, our conversation last night was long-winded because it's about growth. It's about actually a fourth entity within our entity of three. So like, we better be right. There's going to be a fourth one, right? Like a fourth one is not just easy. You don't just snap your fingers and we know how to manage that. Like not at all. So that's why no one has it all figured out. So we're all sort of learning together and it's okay to look to other people and say, okay, they struggle. I can struggle, but I don't quit. I don't give up. I don't not belong. You belong. Everybody, if you get any message from this, you're interesting. You may not be the funniest, but you're interesting. So don't quit <laughs> and bring your unique gifts. Vettel is the funniest. Damn it. She is. She is. She is. Why do you have to Dave Chappelle, Vettel? I love that you said that, Irene, because even within like our conversation last night, like I had to remind myself, even through this process, like, I'm a lawyer. I can look that up. I can, I can, I can find yes. that. And like, you know, not because I'm, or, you know, I have my experience in personal injury. Like, it doesn't mean I can't delve into this. Like I have my license and it, like, it took like, I don't know, like this pandemic to realize that. And like, just, and, and now that I have, I was saying this, like now that I have more free time with, with the girls being in school, like I can think like, my legal mind was like rusty, but like I'm scratching the rust off, <laughs> scratching it off, right? Deja de pintarte el pelo. Por eso. I know. <laughs> Son las canas, dude. Son las canas. But you look good. But all that self care looks great right on you. She's our self care guru for a reason, but she looks good. Yeah. I love it. And to the people, like Irene mentioned, if it individually, as an individual, you're growing, the partnerships are growing. I think as a business, you have to know that you're going to grow. You're going to the beginning, your first year, three years of business, starting a business, managing a business and growing it. 
is a lot of work and it's going to change. I think for us, we had a plan in general, you know, Ceci's like our vision, what's our vision? You know, where do we see ourselves in 10 years and 20 years? And what's the grand thing? Where do we want to be? And that has shifted. Who is our key audience? Who's our avatar, right? We're like our avatar. Who are we? Who's our, you know, who are we reaching to? And the feedback we've got from people, you know, from our listeners, from our clients, maybe we should customize it this way. This is who Level of Latina is. So not only is our Vero, Ceci, and Irene, your Level of Latina coaches and podcasts co-hosts, not only are we growing, but Level of Latina is growing and transitioning into what is needed. What can we provide to those out there that are asking for that kind of help? We're, co- we're growing. We're, we're, we're reaching that, you know, the toddler age and to where we're no longer three, but we're going to be, you know, that the confident four-year-old. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's, um, it's important. I'm three to and a half. I'm three and a half. It's a respectable yeah. age. I'm talking really well. Yeah. I'm enunciating my words. I know all my ABCs. I can't even spell like three other words. Three and a half. There you go. There you go. Definitely. I think we, we started thinking we are, we want to coach women, professional women. But we've evolved to be the voice for first generation women, like bringing this topic to the table today, like imposter syndrome, like we a year and a half ago, like we when we were talking about like topics for podcasts, we were talking about like, oh, things that um, how to cook healthy meals, how to be a mom and balance. And like, we've evolved. And now it's like, we know who our audience is, right? The first generation women that are going through the same things that we did. And we're bringing this these topics to the table, because we already been through that. We're going through that. And we're speaking on it we have the platform for it so we want to talk about the issues that are taboo in our communities we want to talk about um la vecina que you know que hace mucho ruido whatever it may be because we're experiencing and how do we approach how do we how do we we have conversations about um i don't know uh, a salary raise things like that we're bringing it to the table because no one ever showed us no one ever taught us that and here is our platform and this this is our opportunity to bring it to the table so and Apple I, thinks you should listen. <laughs> yes, you should yeah, listen. Apple thinks that. As featured. I wrote something down from our last conversation with our last guest, right? We are now the parents, okay? So I put parents pay attention because of what's happening. Our patterns, we were talking about money in that specific conversation. But in general, our patterns, you know, we are the moms, the dads. And, and before our parents were like, depresión? you know, the, our parents don't believe in depression. My parents don't believe in anxiety. They don't be. Now imagine us telling them about imposter syndrome. They'd be like, que chingados, you know? Ponte a trabajar, ponte a lavar trastes. Keep your head down and you work your ass off. No, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where now we have to pay attention, right? It's, it's one of those things where we are now the parents. What are the, uh, we need to be aware of our patterns, how, how we our children see us, how our nieces and nephews see us, how our little primitos and primitas see us. Because if you're not a mom, props to you, girl. Enjoy it. But all these other, how these little ones see us, the little people in our family, our, you know, our, our, our friends, kids, all these other people, it, it, they see something we're not seeing because they're such observant little people. They, they play off of cues. They haven't picked up on other social you know, things, but they could see how we behave and how we act and how things can make us uncomfortable, how we say certain things. And they pick up on it. So let's be more mindful on that too. I love that. I mean, yeah, they, they're they're little sponges, right? They're they're picking up everything and anything we say. I mean, you you guys know I've I've shared my my little uh, episodes with the girls at home, but I think um, yeah, it's it's a much needed conversation. And um, today, Irene said, "Winning wins every time." I love that. And Vero said, "Dress the part." And what I want to remind you is, own it. 
be professional about it within your own field and level up. If you want to keep the conversation going or suggest topics, you know where to find us. Appreciate it if you can give us a written uh, review or screenshot the podcast that you're enjoying listening. Share it on your IG. Find us on IG, Facebook. Our handle is at Level Up Latina. And with that, I think it's a wrap. Let's remind people that we're on Twitter now, too. Oh, that's right. We're on Twitter now, too. Where our handle on Twitter is a little different. It's at Latina underscore up. So Latina up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. You know where to find us anywhere that you get your podcast. And thank you so much. I love you girls. Good conversation. Love Beso. you. Don't forget ciao, to ciao. Love.